We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Back with another episode. Nice stuff, courtside. You know, whenever we're doing it in the Final Four, we're actually recording this the day after one of the greatest basketball games I've ever seen. Um... Caitlin Clark, Slay the Dragon. Uh, absolutely beautiful. And we have a returning guest, head coach of Florida State for Wyckoff. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, happy to be here. Yes, thank you guys for having us. It's fun to just, yeah, talk about the game and just be in the middle of all the excitement. Yeah, yeah it took us a while to get started here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all kind of decompressing. Yeah. We already watched the game back once, by the way. We, we got home. We got home. I'm after. so jealous. <laughs> I want to watch it again too. Uh, so cool. A lot of drinks and frozen pizza made at the Airbnb. Waters. Waters. <laughs> yes, waters. Exactly. So cool. But so we had a, we had an amazing time last night, and you know I think. It's it's gonna be a little weird because this will come out later, but yeah. we gotta talk about what happened I know. last night. Coach. Yes. Like, what, what, Can't how did it feel? Like yeah. in your eyes watching it. Well, first of all, it's just so fun. I was watching it in one of the the bars here in the hotel, and just the environment, the atmosphere in there as we watched this all unfold, and just that you didn't want to take your eyes off the TV, um, and just how the crowd and everybody. And that's the thing that's so cool is like. The media coverage, the fan excitement, the just the exposure, like everybody's talking about this women's tournament and that game and those two teams and those players. It's so fun as a person that's, you know, been in women's basketball all my life to see that happening um, and continuing to grow. That's the coolest part. But wow, what a game. I like so I do want to I do want to throw it back because I think there's a lot of our listeners who are not going to under, uh, know the comparison that you made before yeah, you got on the podcast yeah. in terms of who Caitlin kind of reminded you yeah. of in terms of how she played last night. Yeah, so I um, referenced Jackie Styles who uh, played for what is now Missouri State, yeah. um, and she she and I are the same year, and so she 
literally took her team on her back and they made the final four against all odds and she was the same um, type of player in terms of she was a prolific scorer and um, to see you know someone do that not that I mean credit to Iowa's players and they've got an amazing roster but you know Caitlin Clark you know she basically takes the team on her back and and brings them to this level in this and and you know the game has grown there's a lot more um, amazing players and teams now it's harder to do than it was back then but Jackie Styles did the same thing um, made history and we're watching Caitlin Clark do it and to, and today it's amazing I mean for me it's like when we have no number one seats left yeah you have the best defense of all time give up 41 for the first time in our 30 that's there. So I believe it's since 1991. It's a 1990-something number yeah, right. for when this yeah, happened last yeah, soccer. Okay, yeah. And wow. Talk about someone seizing a moment, like, doesn't get nervous, like, yes. owns the stage. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's cinema, you know? Yes, like, yes. And <laughs> I don't want to say, like, she's... Saving a sport because it doesn't need saving. No, but, but yeah. But it's like one of those once in a generation type of yeah. players that is capturing the month of March, and I'm so happy to be here for the ride. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it, exactly. She's propelling the sport. She's yeah. continuing to, you know, and so many players have done that over the years, of course. But you know, to see, yeah, that someone else take that step and to watch it unfold yes. before our eyes, like you said, is just—it's so fun. And and it is. She rises to the moment. You love to see. There was so much hype around the game and her. I can't imagine, you know, any athlete in that situation, and then to see them just rise to it and exceed any expectation. It's amazing. So fun. And as you watch the games last night, I'm curious for from you as a coaching perspective, because obviously you guys are always keeping tracks on the trends of this game yeah. and where people are going and where the best teams are playing. Yeah. That you want to be there someday. Yes. Uh, someday soon, right? <laughs> yes. So, so you're looking at these teams and, and seeing the trends. When you see a player like Kaylin Clark, a player like Georgia Amor, where, where they're just kind of pulling up from everywhere, and then yeah. contrasted with the other two teams in South Carolina mm -hmm. and LSU, who really love to get it down low and, yeah. and run through the post. What, what are your takeaways in terms yeah. of like, well, how can this apply to my team and how can we, you know, kind of take a next step understanding what they do? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think it, it really, we're in the ACC. We were talking about how we're going to talk about the ACC. Um, and, and the style, I think that, you know, in basketball in general is going towards, you know, shooting more threes, you know, spreading the floor a little bit. You don't see that as much in, in teams like LSU and South Carolina. The SEC, and, and we played Georgia in the first round of the, of the national, um, of, the, of the tournament. And the SEC, you know, they've got those two powerful, usually two powerful post players. They're looking to pound it inside, which is really really scary to guard as well you know I mean it's a strategy it's a way to play and, and I think to be successful in that conference you've got to be like that mm -hmm. um, you know so there's a million ways to skin a cat yeah. skin a cat as we all know um, but you know I love where you know the game is going in terms of obviously we want to see scoring we want to see kids hitting threes you know yeah. making shots um, being able to have that space to play um, I think you know that's where we're trying to be at Florida State and um, yeah it's hard to get yeah. two good big posts you know what yeah. I mean so I uh, credit to the SEC and those teams how they get those amazing players but um, you know we're trying to get some some space and, and pace and so is that is that kind of because you're in the ACC because you know there are I'm trying to think now I'm 
ACC is not really, is there a two post team? Uh, the, the ACC, this is what we encounter, which is so, you know, there's usually, I mean, obviously you have amazing yeah. centers. You have Elizabeth Kitley, yeah. for example, yeah. but then you have that four players spot. So those are players like a destiny, um, a destiny Harden, um, a, a, yeah, I know, right? I said that for you. And, um, you know, um, uh, an Utsby at UNC, yes, yes. a Taylor Soul at, at Virginia Tech, um, a Maddie Westbound at Notre, Notre Dame. They're four players. What are they? Like, yeah. what are they? They can shoot. They can penetrate. They're big. They're strong. They rebound. Like, they, they might be a three player. They might be a five player. Um, that is what we see. And those kids are usually, they can be on the perimeter. They, they can post up, but they're not really in there taking up space with the other five player. So that's where we really, um, you know, worry about our biggest matchup issue mm -hmm. is that four spot of are we going to be able to guard that person um, and it's a lot easier when that four player can't shoot and you yeah. can just sit in the paint yeah. and in the ACC that's very rare yeah and I mean for South Carolina they got around that by having their four player be one of the right. best one player, of the, player, right. the best exactly. I've ever seen I mean they got around it yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a good workaround for them and, yeah. and you know LSU's figuring it out too yeah. I, yeah. I find it really interesting the, that kind of clash of styles um, and kind of how your conference gets you ready yes I, I thought it was so interesting last night seeing the two matchups and yeah. you know that was so wrong about what was going to happen in both those games <laughs> right. and I'm like I just it, it's so difficult to read especially with all the assets that these coaches have yeah. in terms of preparation it's yeah. like I don't even know. It, it was just so great watching both games. Yes. I, know, I know Dano. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My heart was broken um, in the first game. Why? Tight. Okay. I mean, I do do a little bit with the betting stuff and give advice to people. And I <laughs> tell people, Virginia Tech is like way undervalued. No one yeah. respects them as a one seed. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I thought they were super hot at the right time. And they played well for 30 minutes. Yes. And then, I mean, like, I, I, I feel like LSU like, has been playing so slow this entire tournament. Like, not hitting from the outside. I think they have, like, 11 threes all turn coming into last night. And then within, like, a minute of the fourth quarter, they go on a 7-0 run. And you forget, like, how, like, the ceiling of that team. Yeah. Um, and the adjustments that Kim made, like, were fantastic. But they had three points with Demon Tech through five minutes of that game. Or five minutes of that fourth quarter. Yeah. Where yeah. He, showed up, he showed up to this game. And Virginia Tech hat oh. and a bright orange Virginia Tech card. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So you were putting all your cards, like it was more of a personality a basket, thing. Like all your, yeah, like I'm yeah. with them. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the well, yeah. You know, the, content the, I wanted to uh, wanted to give the people what they want, and <laughs> I, I honestly, I in, in the rage of like uh, all my emotions flowing. I mean, there's a little like five year old there who's screaming her head off with me. Oh, she's had a great time. I mean, that, I that, love that made that. me. I, so I couldn't be really sad. I'm like, yeah. look how awesome this is. Yeah. No, I'm so excited. I was, you know, I was so obviously, you know, as a person in the ACC and, and also just like, who Virginia Tech is, like the character of their team, the players that they have, the the determination you could see from the beginning of the season with, you know, Georgia Amor and Elizabeth Kitley and then the, the supporting cast um, of what their goal was. And it was to win, it was to be great. Like they were hungry, you could see that. And, um, and they did, I mean, they were just a well-oiled machine. And so, um, but it is, it's all about momentum. As we know, in the game, in the season, I mean, you gotta get hot, Miami. They got hot at the right time, at the perfect time, mm -hmm. and made a fantastic run. Mm -hmm.
But if you had asked, you know, if you had asked at the beginning of the season if that would have been possible, people might have been like, not sure. You know, it's, it's just all about momentum. And so sorry. Your heart was yeah. broken because I'm of that great. momentum. I, mean, I saw the greatest, yeah. greatest you know, game ever. Yes. But yeah. talk about Kenny, like, his voice throughout, I mean, oh. the entire season and the way his players trust him, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, so many coaches in the ACC. And, I mean, I think the respect, I mean, hearing, you know, Wake Forest talk about types of components they have, like, it's crazy how you often go from one night, you know, I think y'all won, like, 20 plus, first time you played them in the next game, it's, it's a one point win. And then they beat us in the ACC tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And tonight I didn't play. But I mean, yeah. And and it's like, I think we have, um, you know, the coaching just in in general in women's basketball, I think, is another thing that's really propelling the game. Like, um, the coaching is so good across the board. And and the ACC and Megan coming into Wake Forest and doing what she did. Um, And uh, yeah, they're a scary team. (laughs) Like, um, she is a great coach. And. Um, and Kenny Brooks, yeah, his boys, his, I have so much to learn from him and just him being so calm and, and just staying the course and, you know, I mean, he's a fantastic basketball coach. And so, yeah, it's just, I think that's another huge um, thing. I really, I love, you know, the ACC, the caliber of coaching there, um, but just across the board nationally, you're seeing, you know, some really good coaches. Well, I think one thing I love about Virginia Tech and a lot of teams in the ACC, Miami as well, like. When you hear them talk, they always talk about trust yeah. and respect and love, yeah. and, and yeah. that's like those those are culture st- things that don't necessarily have to do with basketball. Yeah. And I've tried to I've at, been able to ask Kenny a lot of questions because they've been winning a lot of games, so I get to go a lot of press conferences. <laughs> uh, and I always kind of try to you know ask like, how do you do it? Like, how do you have players trust you so much? And the ways I've heard him is like. He just lets players come into his office and mm-hmm. start talking. Mm-hmm. And say, he says sometimes they'll just be talking and then they'll relax and they'll fall asleep while I'm there. And it's like, it's such a, it's like just beautiful to me. I, I was wondering, you know, what are some of the ways you develop that trust among your players? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is so cool to hear these teams that have gotten this far and like, you know, post game interviews with Kate and Clark or, or Kenny or, you know, anybody involved. The teams that get this far are the ones that have that, that they truly have that. And, um, and it's just, you can't get, you can't have success without that. I don't care how good your players are. And so, um, you know, I, I was mentored and, and coached by and, uh, you know, Coach Sue, who that was who she, who she was, was just developing, she was a master in developing relationships with players um, and, and making them feel, you know, making me feel when I played for her, like she cared about me, that it wasn't just about basketball. It wasn't, you know, she knew who I was and um, was willing to have those moments like Kenny's talking about, where it's just like, you feel comfortable talking and you build that trust um and so you know we we start with that with from day one i mean you know we're talking about you know just relationships and how it, not just trusting me but building those relationships between the players how they can develop that how they can really buy in together it's huge and it's hard i think it's the hardest thing to do it's harder than drawing up a winning play you know with point eight seconds to go on the play. you know it's like that's the hard stuff I'm wondering how that changed because you were obviously a long-time assistant mm-hmm. coach. You mm-hmm. move into that co- the head coaching role. I'm, you know, I'm the high school assistant coach. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that. Um, but it's always seemed like, you know, my players are really kind of afraid of the head coach. Uh-huh. And it took a lot of the season for me to convince them, like, no, he's, like, a very nice yeah. person. Like, you can yeah. go approach him. 
when you're the head coach, there's such a different relationship with the player. Yes. How'd you kind of navigate? Yeah. Like, and, and I'm, I'm especially interested in the players who kind of stayed on. Yeah. Do the transition. How'd you navigate that? Yeah, it, it was. It's interesting because it is different. Um, you know, and so again, it is. It's on us as the coaches, the adults. You know, the the ones who. Um, are there to, to take care of the players that we have to be the ones thinking about that and, and taking initiative to to have those conversations to continue to build that trust. So with you know the, the players that stayed, um, it did become I'm sure they felt that it was a different dynamic. Um, and, and some of that's okay. You know, it wasn't like I had to, you know, just keep being the same assistant coach, you know, that I was, but um, but it, it, again, it's just time. It's communication. All the things that, like, we get so busy and wrapped up in a scout and recruiting, those things can fall through the cracks if you're not careful. Um, and so it really is just that basic, you know, um, and, and really just and also being vulnerable I think like that was a thing I just when players would come to me about issues they were having or issues they were having with me you know trying to be vulnerable being open to be like you know what you're right I might have been wrong there um, I can I hear you that's a huge part of it too being able to just listen and be open and do you have is those moments like I feel like if you call some, someone to your office that conversation is almost dead with the moment you they get in, right? Because they think they're in trouble. Yeah. So how do you, how do you kind of get into their, get be able to talk to them in those informal settings? Like how do you find those times? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just it's paying attention to them and what's going on in their lives. Like, you know, like if you know something academically that like oh they're doing so great in in school or you you know they're whatever's going on you're paying attention to their social media you're listening to what people like what's going on in their lives that you can connect with you know again it's paying attention and um i certainly wasn't perfect in that you know but um a lot of times it is it's just like getting them used to that every time they get a text from me they're not thinking oh my gosh i'm in trouble what's wrong it's more like no like checking in as regularly as we can um even if i'm saying come to my office it's like hey come on let's have a chat let's just chat and catch up that's all it is it helps that you build, you know, the whole family vibe with daughters around. Yes, yeah. We know that you wouldn't answer last time we asked, so you trust the babysitter the most. Um, <laughs> Don't let her get in trouble, of course. I know. But, um, That's so funny. It's, it's still amazing. The one problem I have with the first time that we talked uh, with you <laughs> is that you kept a secret about the Nihilaxa from all of us. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I mean, did you expect that? We expected her to be a, a major impact. We needed her to be an impact player, right? Um, but with a freshman coming in, you, it, you never know like how they're gonna assimilate how quickly I, I knew you know that she was a great scorer you know we needed her to get out and go and, and run the floor and but um, she came in and she's so smart you know like her IQ and just her ability to just her feel and adjustment you know like on the fly um, and she just she took the summer and the summer was that adjustment process you know and then and then, and then. it just happened you, you <laughs> bring up that feel and I mean that's something that is not always teachable it's something that you can grow from experience and whatnot but yeah. the players that have it mixed with the talent it's special it's special I mean like there were games watching her play 
the NC State game specifically. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my god. For example, god. yes. I it was it was like dance light. I mean it was easy when Caitlin Clark does the movie contest. It's it's straight up beautiful. Yeah. And it's like she's moving at her speed. Yeah. And for freshmen to do that, and for freshmen to do that, it was just phenomenal. And you know, she just she has a drive. Like you can see in certain players, all players have a drive. You know, but there's just some that are separating. You know, Caitlin Clark, the best example we have right now of that drive. Um, you know, that that it factor, that X, or X factor, I would say, of just like so, they're so driven and they're driven in the right way where they, they can figure it out. It's not just blind, like, passion and, ah, I'm just going to go, and it may or may not work. It's, no, I'm, like, laser-sharp focused to understand how I can get what I need to get, you know, how I can score, what's the defense doing, how we can win. And that's the biggest thing is, like, Tanaya wants to win. Um, it's not about her. It's about winning, and so. So being injured had to kill her. Like emotionally, I'm sure. Yes. But I mean, I think about some of the games that were lost this year by y'all, mm -hmm. and it learning from that mm -hmm. and getting that experience of adversity from someone like her who's been elite for so long and then comes into one of the best conferences in the country and still yeah. has to be so good for her development. Yeah. And for everybody else on the team to trust her. Yes. Yes. Is it long for to build that leadership role? I, I really didn't because it just happened so organically, you know, like we were all watching it unfold before our eyes. You know, she came in, she's such a humble person. She came in, just, you know, worked really hard in the summer, like just was trying to figure it all out. We had to tell her to stop, like she would do her amazing moves and like these are in summer workouts and she'd be like at the rim and she'd kick it out. I'm like, no, you know, like she was that kind of a player where it was just like, no, like, you can do this, you you need to do this for us. And she was still so, she was at one of our best facilitators all season. You know, she had a positive assist to turnover ratio. She was second, I think, on the team in assists, second or third, right there, second or third in assists. Um, and she, to do that, again, to have that ball in your hands that much, to be a freshman, to have that pressure on you. Um, it did, everybody was on board because it happened organically and she started from a place of humility. Was there was there a moment this year where you remember like either you looking at your staff or just thinking, okay, yeah. this this one is special. Like when did you realize like we got something really special? Oh my gosh! Well, there were two moments. One was in the preseason still when we find we did our first full scrimmage against the scout team. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, she had twenty five points. And we we had a really good scout team. Like these guys were like, and every day I'm like, you guys like. Oh, we need to be able to defend you. Like, I stop, you know, but um, they, we won. It was a close game. It scored in the 70s, like, you know, and she had 25 points. She was a huge part of that. We were like, okay, you know, wow, good. And we, you know, then we went up and played Kent State. Okay, and Kent State was a really good team. It was in a, it was their first home game. They had a great environment. We were down two players. We didn't have Jazz Massengill, who was our, um, you know, was one of our starters, um, senior leadership, and Omaria Gordon, who was another guard. And we, I, I think we went to over. We beat it. It was close. I'm not sure we went to. I don't think we went to overtime. Maybe we did. I can't. It was so long ago. So much has happened. A lot of games. I, I guarantee you, if you lost the game, you remember. Yeah. Oh no, we did not lose. We won. But Tanaya had 30. 
she was scoring thirties and just took like was a, one of those moments she took the team on her back. She fouled out, you guys. She fouled out with six minutes to go and still like she had she was just we ended up winning, but she was like she had scored almost thirty points or thirty with and had fouled out and we're like Okay, and it wasn't just like a, one of these games we're winning by 60. It was a close game. She had to make plays, and that was the moment where we're like, okay, like, yeah, this kid's the real deal. That's so, yeah. No, I just saw <laughs> watching her this year was incredible, and like seeing her, seeing her being out in these yeah. storm was just like devastating. I know it was, it was like, tough. It was tough, but it was a good, you know, it was it was a good lesson for me and for all of us that like. There's some things like you just you can't control things, and so you got to keep moving forward and do the best you can. I thought our players did a really good job of like staying hopeful and and, and competing, and um, you know it, not letting it just like torpedo us emotionally. So, and speaking of the ACC tournament, yeah. I get to go and, and sit on court, and so I, I'm, oh yeah, I'm listening to you guys all the time. Oh. I'm trying, I'm trying to get everything I can from you guys. Oh. And coach, I gotta say, you're one of the most active coaches. You're out there running laps. Feels like you're playing wearing know. these giant heels, clapping up a storm. I'm also a high, very high strung coach. Okay, good. Uh, I, I, like, I have you to, understand me. I have to like weigh myself down to the bench so yeah. I don't get a technical foul as an assistant. Yeah. I, like, have you have you thought, you know, you mentioned like trying to look at Kenny and say, I yeah. want to be more like him. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you got to be you. So like, you know, is that something you're trying to change or do you just kind of let it go out of you? Um, I... To your point, like I saw myself on the sideline in the weight game, and there was a couple things. I was like, "Wait a second, I don't remember." I was like kicking. I was like, "I'm like, oh my gosh." Um, you're, you're, the Brooke clap, the Brooke clap's always there. The Brooke clap's always there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's she so was funny. There, there was moments where, oh. where Brooks on the sidelines defending. I know. And, and your teammate plays though, honestly, sometimes. So I, I don't know if, if that's subliminal and the they're looking at man. Well, it's so funny. Like, and that was the biggest thing when people ask me, "What's the difference between being an assistant and a and a head coach?" And my interim year two years ago was like that was the thing I felt the most. I was like, "Wow, I feel in every way, emotionally, physically, like." Mentally, it's like you're playing. Like when you're an assistant, even when you're able to jump yeah. up and down, it's not, you're not as in it. You just can't be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're coaching, you are in it and it is like you're a sixth player on the floor. Like, and just like the butterflies before the game, the way that when the game starts, you're good. It's the same thing I felt as a player. Yeah. You know, and so the same kind of like, and so fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I gotta be me, but I, I will say, I got a technical against Miami at Miami. Okay. Um, and I was so mad at myself. I've never had a technical in my life. Really? And yes. Well, congrats. I, you gotta get one. I gotta that. get one. But I was so mad because I was. I felt like it was. It was very like. Um, you know, we were up five. We ended up losing, and I just. I felt like it was just. I didn't. I wasn't. It wasn't on. Mm -hmm. It wasn't on purpose, and it, it wasn't good for the, the game. I learned. Yeah. You know, I was like, and I, I had come out of the coaching box, inadvertently. Uh, uh, I didn't know. I was so mad. I was like. You know, making all these like I was mad at the refs, and um, but the technicals were coming out in the coaching box, and so it was a lesson. It was like, look, like you know, you do have control over this game, not you know, in terms of not just the players you put in, the plays that are called, things like that. Got to calm down at times. So yeah. I got a lot to learn from Kenny. But you know, I think that, and actually, I'm gonna say the same thing I said yesterday to Coach Chevy about my favorite line from Dano he's ever told me because I was I was texting throughout the year Dano D3 uh, player defensive player of the year in his conference oh wow you know, I don't play defense anymore 
I know. If you're if you're a good defensive player, you do it for a time and then you can't yes, do it anymore. I'm with this you. guy took forty charges in a season. That's awesome. Oh, okay. Love that. <laughs> I I love I was that. yeah, coaches love me. Yeah. Yeah, um, heck yeah. Forty but, charges in a season. Uh was I was annoying. Yeah. Right? I was annoying on defense. Yeah, that's that's, those are the and best defenders. I just had to make sure that my like now wife who stands saw me make a few threes a game. That was it. <laughs> I love that, it. The, yeah, you gotta yeah. get the shots up. You got it. Yeah. You gotta get the shots I, up. That's right. what. Yeah, that's what gets you. But so, so I was talking to Dan throughout the year, and and one of the things he told me was he really appreciated when his coaches were as excited about the good things that he did, than the and as they were about the bad things that he did. Yeah. And so I, you know, I know. Yeah, right. And like I've heard, I heard you and Sue do a podcast where you're saying you, know, you get, you're kind of more of like the bad guy. You're more the you're more the person who you're more the person yeah. who gets in their face. How do you how do you balance that in terms of you know celebrating the great things they do now as a head coach where that's so important yeah. and still being yourself in terms of getting on. Yeah, um, it's a conscious decision every day, and it, it's so funny. I would, a bunch of my former players are here because they're now coaching, and um, they were talking about how I, they've heard from our current players and and seen me. They're like, I'm nicer now as a head coach than I was in as assistant because as a head coach, and it, that just comes naturally. That's not like a conscious decision, but when you're a head coach, your word. And your mood and the way you treat people carries more weight than when you're an assistant. It just does because you're the head coach, like whatever that title. So um, I, I just like intuitively feel that. And like I know that I have to like really encourage these players. That's what they need. They want confidence, you know. So that's what happens. I think I am. I try to be really positive and um, but but not, want them to know like look I want you to be better like I want I'm gonna push you that's my job but doing it in a, never try to do it in a demeaning way no, or no, of course not. Yeah, I mean I just think we don't celebrate success enough and I when you say it like and I hear it out loud I do feel especially I have a dog giant dog <laughs> beautiful dog oh but I feel like a dog being rewarded with a treat you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and I hear that but it's also like important to me like with younger players, like instilling, like, "Hey, you're doing good." I mean, stuff can get real negative when you start out losing. Obviously, yeah. not with your team this year. Not start off on a bad note. Right. But you face that adversity. I mean, like you brought up the Miami game. The second half was like bonkers, right? And losing on or playing on the road is never easy to begin with. But going through those struggles and finding the good parts, like I, I can sit through film and just like expect three hours of pure hell. You, know? <laughs> you guys did film for three hours? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were- I just had three hours to do film. When you, when you start a season, sophomore year, started one and nine. Um, <laughs> no. You hit that uh, come to Jesus moment. Uh, three hours, oh my gosh. Uh, no. We go 10 to 15 minutes. Like, no, oh, we don't. I mean, attention span, like, yeah. I don't, I can't sit and film from where, you know, like, I just like, you gotta, we go 15 minutes, like, max, but on any film, and we're out of there. Oh, I'd love to hear more about the film. I was asking, I was asking yeah. everyone before the, the Final Four about yeah. how they watch film. Oh, um, so cool. like, so you do the 10 to 15 minute team sessions, mm -hmm. and then I'm sure, you know, you have video coordinators mm -hmm. sending out 
in, in individual yeah. clips? Like, how do you make sure they're they're all kind of getting the right message from it? Yeah. Um, well, it becomes, you know, the assistant coaches they have their position groups, they have their kids. And so um, it is, it's about staff communication, like, a, a, understanding, like, who's doing film with who, like, why, you know. And so we try to, like, really be very good about communicating that to each other. Hey, I got so-and-so from film today. We're going to talk about this, or I'm going to show her this, or I'm just going to show her her clips, you know. Um, and just being really, making sure that we're all, you know, talking about the same things. I'm making sure that everyone's getting touched on the team. Um, and, but also, you know, like just knowing who we are, I think that's the biggest thing is like being very clear. That was a great advice that I got of like coming into the, you know, being a head coach and taking over a program, knowing your identity, establishing your identity as a program, as a team, who are you? And then everything can flow from there. Um, recruiting, how you play, messaging, film sessions. Um, so we were very, very clear of who we were going to be as a basketball team, defensively and offensively. And so I think the messaging was able to stay consistent no matter who was talking. And is that something you you like wrote down? Like, did you have, you have a sheet of paper that says, who are we? And you have all the things you want to yeah. do. Yeah, yes. And that was the first thing you did when you got Yeah, home. that was, I mean, it was just, it was... Yes, that was the first thing, like, in terms of, we decided as a staff, like, and I, I mean, I had a vision for what I wanted us to be, um, and then we, you know, it was, you know, we're going to be, we're going to start with defense, you know, that's, and so that was, we had nope mentality on our shirts, and nope mentality is just like, you know, nope, you're not getting by me, like, that's the, what we wanted our players to be thinking, but anyway, it was, that is our, that is our priority, that is, um, and that didn't mean, oh, we're going to be this crazy defensive press. We weren't. It was just that that is what's most important. That's what wins. You know, if we can't do that, then you're nothing in the ACC. And then offensively, it was pace and space. We're going to be the fastest team in the country. We're going to score the most points in the country. And everything flows from there. Love it. Love it. It's, I mean... I did not expect, I mean, you said it was going to be fun basketball. Yeah. But the offensive flow was, was stunning. I, I have a super random question because you also yeah. played. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know. Um, <laughs> do the rivalry games as a coach, like, still mean something? Like, like you still have that extra edge? Like, yeah. when you play Miami? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just, you can't help but not to. There's yeah. just, like, a buzz in the air in the in the feel of it when we play the Gators, when we play Miami, there's always just that extra, you can't help but, you know, feel it. Yeah. yeah. You, let's talk a little bit more about Miami. Yeah. State. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Let's talk. All right. Uh, so, so I've, I've always tried to describe the Miami Forest State rivalry. It's like, people are like, oh, do you, do you hate Forest State? I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. I had some of the best times in my college life in Tallahassee. You know, like it, it's an amazing place to yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we lost in football every single year. Yeah. <laughs> every yeah. single year I was yeah. there. So I still had a great time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the rivalry is very is very much built on, you know, not only just being sim uh, in a similar place in Florida, yeah. but playing similar styles yeah. in almost every sport. I feel like yeah. basketball teams are similar. And obviously, Leonard Hamilton used to coach at Miami. Yes, he did. Uh, and you know, I don't fault him for everything, but I miss him. Uh, now we have Blair Nagas, so it all worked out. Yeah, it did. But like, it feels like those two schools, for whatever reason, play the same style in every mm -hmm. sport. So when you go up against Miami, are you yeah. kind of like saying, this is a game where we're looking in the mirror and like we have to beat oh, them because man. of the rivalry, because they like us, we have to just stick it to them? Yeah, well, I think like 
I, I like Miami style. I mean, their defensive style and like even their offensive style has oh has been a little bit different. From, like they're more like, you know, in your face. Like obviously defensively, they want to press. They want to do all these things. Like they're they're really you know fast, scrappy, attacking. You know, um, but they you know we do compete recruiting wise. Yeah. I think that's where yeah. a lot of the times the similarities come is that we're recruiting the same types of players. Mm-hmm. We are. You know, yeah. our systems may be a little different, but the type of player you're getting in there is a lot of times the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and you're battling, like, you know, in our region for yeah. people and all that. So, there's that. There's those similarities. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Katie Meyer is competitive on the uh, recruiting trail. I'm sure she... Oh, you have to, they're you have awesome. To out, they're you have they're to pros. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. I love Katie Meyer. I respect her so much. Like, she's a great person, obviously a phenomenal basketball coach. And Miami's a great school. Yeah, I mean, the Gators, you know, mm-hmm. University of Florida, Miami, the rivalry's built on respect, you know, oh, like, yes. for me at least. Like, I respect these places as universities, you know, like, as as and programs and sports programs. I mean, like, how can you not? They're good, you know? So, um, so that's why it feels even better to be able to beat them, you yeah. know, and, and they're your rivals because they're good. No. All right, I remember a couple of Miami FSU everything games. We lost a lot. I remember one time though, Natasha, Natasha Howard. Oh. Uh, yeah. Do you remember this game? She had like, it. I, I'm sure it was only like 34 points. It felt like she had a thousand points and like yeah. 1500 rebounds. She tended to do that. I know. And she oh just absolutely crushed us. And I was sitting on the radio, having to call this game. I was like, Yeah. I don't know what to what say. Is, this what do you say? <laughs> what oh, you say? I miss those days. Every rebound. She does. She's yeah. She was so good. And but that, there's so many like heated battles every year with Miami and like having to play at home and go, yeah. like it's a home and home. That also you know lends to the whole rivalry. Um, you know, getting to play. And there's been years too when we've played them for a third time, mm-hmm. like we did Wake this year, yeah. in the ACC tournament. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's so funny. Um, but I was really, you know. They're happy for them and happy for Coach Meyer to, to see, you know, they've never been to a Sweet 16 before. To see them do that it was really, really cool. Uh, it was cool, and, you know, hopefully you're going to have that moment soon. And yeah. Hopefully Miami and FSU. Yeah, and let's they, have everybody go to the Sweet 16. All the, let's know. just take over the Sweet 16. Oh, yeah. All ACC. All ACC. Yeah, go on. Let's just do it. Yeah. We'll do it in Greensboro, too. <laughs> yeah. So you're here for Moms and Coach. You spoke yes. to us about before. Yeah. Um, one... We know you have a daughter, and we have Southern Hospitality here in Texas, so we got one you a gift. I think it was your birthday oh recently. Oh my gosh, yes! And your daughter you shirt. guys! So oh, can I open? You guys! They're Texas I love it! This is so cute. Oh my gosh, love. Yes. You guys! Your Absolutely. Love this. Oh, Everybody my needs gosh. One. Every kid needs one. Don't mess with Texas. You guys, thank you. And the ca- we got to show the cap with Texas. Love it. Thank you. Absolutely. So sweet. So tell us about what's happening today. Yeah, so we're meeting at 2. Um, our, we do an annual Moms and Coaching meeting, as you guys know, at the uh, along with the WBCA convention. And so we'll see how many moms show up. There's going to be a lot of... Um, women that show up that aren't moms, which I think is cool. And again, that's part of like the mission of moms and coaching to kind of um, normalize it and take the fear out of like, oh my gosh, can I have kids and coach, Um, (laughs) you know? So uh, we try, we love when, when 
moms or future moms come and kind of get an idea and, and hear insight. We're going to have Adia Barnes um, um, and Jenny B from Oklahoma. Yeah. They're both going to, they're both going to um, Her daughter's speak. famous now. Oh, her daughter's famous. It's perfect. Those, those two women, Adia and Jenny, have had moments, you know, in the NCAA tournament, obviously, when Adia went to the national, you know, championship game and she was breastfeeding. And, like, I mean, those are moments that for us and for me as a mom, um, you know, and having Jenny's daughter in the stands and showing her family being so passionate about what she does um, just brings it full circle for us and, and shows that, you know, like who we are and what we're doing and how important it is. Can you help? Can you help normalize uh, having kids for us? And and well, me, Coach and Dana, like li living life and like my so my wife is a she's an attorney. We met in law school. She's so much smarter than me. Um, so for so what's what's your advice for uh, folks like us who are married? We talked about this. Uh, we're very scared. Very and, terrified. But then you like you start hearing about these stories and you're like, oh, I need to suck it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're being. Men, we don't yeah. have to deal with the same kind yeah. of challenges. Well, yeah, either. you guys have no excuse because you know <laughs> these. You've seen these stories unfold. You see what we do. I know. So it's, it's terrifying. You have no excuse. No, you guys. I parenting is terrifying, but it is the best thing ever. And that's all you gotta like. It is. It is literally the best thing ever. So you'll be fine. You why? Why awesome. is it the best thing ever? Oh my gosh! It's just. It, it's a love that you've never like. Literally, when that child is born, it's like you instantly love this thing like you've never loved anybody, even your spouse. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like it's a different type of feeling. And so from there, the terror, the fear flows because you never want anything bad to happen to that thing. But also <laughs> the amazing moments as they grow, as they do things, as you see their brain form. I mean, to watch a human brain form, like I'm like, does this, this has happened to all of us? This is the most amazing thing I've ever yeah. seen. So, you guys will love it. Well, we'll see. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> we got we got some years we got some years before that. You we'll guys, got, yeah. We got a few more coaches, uh, moms and coaching conferences okay, before yeah. we get there. Well, you guys are welcome to come and listen in. You know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not going to Houston today. Uh, um, there's a chance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stop by. Why not? Um, and I, I'll call my mom today. I think I did that last time we spoke. Yes, definitely. Yes. It, yes, you should. Yeah, moms, they have, it's a really hard job, um, but it is also the most gratifying job and partial. You know, dads have special relationships with kids, but like you said, it is different. It's yeah. different. Yeah. I mean, I, when I see my brother now, um, he lives in Dallas, so I yeah. can see him. I live in New York. Yeah. And he's got a two-year-old two girl and a like, three-month-old oh. boy. Uh huh. And seeing them live life and the amount of responsibility and then still working. Um, but it's like, you know, nine to five working, not coaching yeah. a basketball team. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like the stress, the anxiety, everything. Yeah. Um, so, so much respect. Well, you can't imagine it, right? I couldn't imagine it until you have to do it. And then when you have to do it, you just do it. Okay. You know? So you guys will be fine. When it's your kid, you. You're good. And as coaching, I mean, there is kind of an aspect where I feel like it's somewhat easier to have your kid around, like your, you know, your daughter's it part is. Of program. Yes, it I feel is. like that's really special that most people don't get to have. Like your work life is so much of your life, but you don't really get to share that with your kids. So true. So true. That's the thing. Like when it gets hard, you know, and and that's what one of the best things one of a fellow mom told me was like, man, like for as much as we do miss, you know, as much as we're traveling and things like that our children experience things 
like going, you know, try, when they do cut, get to travel with us, when they do get to be around this amazing group of women, you know, when they do see this, like, get to come to the gym. Like, right, I didn't do that when I was a kid. Like, the experiences that they do get, um, you know, outweigh a lot of times with the, the negative side, what we would call the negative side of having to be so busy and, and living a coaching lifestyle. So. Feel a little bit better? Yeah. You don't uh, worry. I, well, we'll slip back into the terror of fear momentarily. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to move to, you know, the state of no, no income tax or Florida or Texas. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, they are financial. I don't do it anymore, but when she was, first few years when she was born and like, you know, you're spending all this money on all these new things, you're like, for one split second sometimes, you're like, wow, wow, that's a lot of money. What would I have been doing with all this money? Oh, well, I love my child. I'm so glad she's here. No, it, it seems very worth it. And I'm just glad we got to talk to you about that. Yes, you guys, deep breaths. It's okay. And you have amazing wives that'll handle most of it, so don't worry. Let's see about that one. Yeah. Podcast turns support group. Podcast, yeah. Yes, you guys. Fearful. There you go. You guys Wait, need to do one. Men with more successful wives. There you go. I'm very fearful of the situation. I love it. I can't wait to see how this goes. Yeah. yeah and, well, my parents can't either. They continually ask. Oh right my now. gosh. I'm, I'm so sorry. thankful that three nieces and nephews. Right, so it's already been done. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like uh, my cousin Vinny, my biological clock is ticking. Like I, I do hear that a little bit. Um, and my wife's mother has none yet, so. No, you guys are young. You're and you're men. Your biological clocks are not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. Believe me, yeah. you guys are good. We're, we're fine for a while. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that, was, that was good to hear. That's awesome, guys. Yeah, I think we we gotta do another podcast about Caitlin Clark, and and the rest of the fun floor. But. Oh, you guys, it's so much fun to talk about it. So I appreciate you guys having me to to go through it all. Yeah, I mean we've already made commitments to travel to uh, Arkansas, uh, Wake. Yeah. Um, gotta go to Tallahassee. Yeah. We've well, talked it up a lot. Oh. I mean he reps Florida more than any person I've met at the entire state. Specifically, rep the state of Miami, just for the record. <laughs> Miami's an awesome place. Yeah. It is. It is. It's an awesome place. Yeah, but we we should go to Tallahassee. Yeah. We need to, Come we need on to mentally prepare ourselves. If we're going for a football game. I know, football. Yeah, that's the time to come. Is that a football game? Oh, I do have one more question. Sorry, yeah. when we were talking about the, the, the team, um, you know, you, you, like I was listening to Kenny Brooks talk about how this how his team loves being Hokies. How do you get your team to love being Seminoles? Do you tell them, hey, you should go to the football game, you should go to the softball game, yeah. you should go to the baseball game? Like, are they active in that way? Yeah, I think it's, it's really just it comes naturally because there's so many great, um, you know, across the board, Florida State has really successful sports, you know, football. Our women's sports are amazing. We have softball national championships, soccer national championships. Our Sam volleyball goes to the national like. So there's a lot of pride in, in athletics or just built in that you feel. Um, and, and it's a national brand, you know, like it's the Seminoles are known, like everywhere we go, it's like, oh, hey, go Noles, you know? So, um, and you know, when they get there, there are players, they love it there. It's a great place. Tallahassee is a great place. It's great, um, you know, just homey feel. Um, so I don't have to do much. Yeah, awesome. All right, I just want to, that was my, I had that thought a while that. back. It's a great question. Um, you know, thank you so much for doing this with us in person. Hopefully we can come to Tallahassee and do it there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we were talking to do like a one-on-one with Tania Lats where Gabe coaches me and I get cooked a little bit. <laughs> Great content. Let's I, do it. I got no help for you on, on Tania oh, yeah. Lats. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that'd be great. You guys are welcome anytime. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.